0: All right, thank you all so much for being here. What a joy this is to pray and worship and go out together um, to share the gospel. The church needs all the encouragement she can get when it comes to evangelism. Evangelism is not a popular thing, uh, even in the church. And evangelists and those who are evangelistic need all the encouragement they can get as well. And so it's good to sharpen one another, encourage one another in, uh, in doing this. We need to, to do this. Jesus did this and uh, commanded his followers to do this. And so we're going to look at today um, the, the, the what, why, and the how evangelism. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just make it brief and, and quick here. And how many of y'all have done this before? You're familiar with this? You've been a part of this? Um, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. All right, good. I'd just like to kind of get a feel of, of who, who I'm talking to here this morning. So, so let's just kind of, for me, it's helpful to, to look at the why of what I'm doing and whether it's church planning. So we, we planted this church a year ago, and so recently I've just been looking at the why. Why do we do this in the first place? Why, why in the world did we do this? This has not been an easy year, all right? Amen. But going back to the why for me uh, is so refreshing. To, to go back to that sense of calling like god this is you in this this was not my idea church planning or making disciples god this is your idea and i just said yes okay and and same thing with with the, with the issue of evangelism is we go we look at the why and it helps us it helps sustain this m- movement we call revive texas right uh, because if we don't know the why, if, we're, if we just know the what and the how, and we're not sustained by the why, it's not going to last very long. And so I, I briefly just want to look at what, first of all, what is evangelism? And then we're going to look at some of the why, and then, and then we'll talk about the how. And, and I think you guys are familiar with that. So evangelism is sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and calling people to turn from their sins and put their faith in Jesus. Okay, Jesus himself did this. He was about this. After he got done fasting and praying, he came out of the wilderness, he was, the spirit was upon him, and he gave himself to this. He, he, uh, he came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God, saying the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe the gospel. That's evangelism right there. Jesus was all about this. And and while he was doing this, he was healing people. He was doing miracles. He was doing amazing things. And people were coming to faith. Lives were being healed, restored, redeemed. We see the reverse of the curse of of the fall of of sin. Uh, And the gospel addresses that. So sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. This is important because there's a lot of evangelistic things that we could do that actually wouldn't be, it wouldn't, Evangelism wouldn't be complete if we just did these certain things like sharing your testimony. That's great. We should share our testimony and sharing the gospel. But if we just share our testimony and, 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 and we don't share about Jesus and the good news about Jesus, we're missing an important component of evangelism. If we, if we just share the good news and we don't call somebody to respond to it, turn from your sins, and believe in Jesus, accept Jesus, then we're not, we're not doing evangelism. We're doing part of it. And, and all the parts are important, so good works and serving your neighbor, praying for your neighbor and sharing your testimony and, and all those things those are evangelistic, and those are good components but But this is a snapshot of what evangelism looks like. Jesus was about this, and he commissioned his followers to do the same so this is important. Um, so, so now let's look at the why, why, why should we do this? Why should we go share the good news, call people to turn from their sins and put their faith in Christ? First of all, Jesus did it. We are Christians and we want to be like Christ. We want to be like Jesus. We want to look like him, walk like him, talk like him, do the things that he did. And so we, we, we want to do what Jesus did. Second is Jesus commanded it. Just simple obedience. We want to obey the great commission uh, Mark 16, 15, go preach the gospel. Mark twenty or Matthew twenty-eight, go make disciples. This implies that, by the way, the very beginning of discipleship is evangelism. Right? That that's that's how we start the a discipleship relationship. Uh, of course you can enter in where somebody's a new believer and start discipling them, but but this evangelism is the, is the beginning point of discipleship. The early church did it. Uh, number four, God has chosen uh, for people to be saved through the preaching of the word. Uh, it's just, God's just set it up to where you and I get to participate yes. in sharing a message that can eternally change somebody's life and their eternal well being. And so God's just set it up that way. We get that privilege. How shall they hear unless there's a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they're sent? And, and faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And that's kind of the logic Paul uses, these these, these couple of things that need to happen if people are going to be saved. How, how shall they call upon those whom they haven't heard? And, and, and so God's chosen to use us. And praise Amen. God, you said yes this morning to come out, yes. even through the rain. Amen. And may the Lord give us some, at least one. Yes. Uh, and then another thing is we want to please God. We want, we want heaven to rejoice at sinners, repenting and turning to God. The Apostle Paul said, we make it our aim to please the Lord. Uh, we love people. We really care about the eternal well-being, where they're going to go. Paul said, the love of Christ compels us. Amen. This should be a why for us. If this is not a why in what we're doing today, then, then what we're doing today is uh, just making a bunch of noise. Yes. Without love, we're just we're clanging symbols. And so this should be the why, love, genuine love for people. Uh, Another thing is Jesus is worthy to receive the reward of his suffering. He died to redeem a people from every tribe and every tongue around his throne, worshiping. He's worthy of it. And I have to go back to this. When I don't feel like evangelizing, I have to go back to Jesus is worthy. Of, of this this is an expression of our worship art saying jesus you're worth it for people to hear about you i remember one day i was driving home tired exhausted after a long day of work and i saw some young people and i felt like god wanted me to stop and talk to them and i just drove right by because i just wanted to get some food and go rest and i and i came across the street that, that was it was worth street i drove and and when i when i saw Worth street i i had the thought in my mind are is jesus worth it Am I worth it? Am I worth it? And, 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 and so I just turned around and I went back and shared. And nobody got saved that day as far as I know. But I obeyed and I responded to the worth of Jesus. He's worth it. He's worth that we, that we do this, that we give our lives for this. So he's worthy. Another reason why we should do this is our labor is not in vain. This is not, this is not a vain way to spend your time or, or life at all. And the reason why it's not in vain is because Jesus is resurrected. He is alive. He has conquered the grave. And he will raise us up too with him. We, we're going to be raised up. And there are rewards in heaven. He will reward us for our faithful labor. It's not in vain because there's a hereafter. All right. Therefore, First uh, Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Therefore, my beloved brethren, after Paul got done talking about the resurrection, be steadfast, immovable, abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It's not in vain. This is not in vain. This is not vanity. This is not meaningless. This is, this is a good way to spend your life. And then another thing is because hell is real. Hell is a real place that Jesus talked about, uh, I think more than heaven, actually. The Apostle Paul talked about it, and John talked about it. Hell's a real place, and we don't want anybody to go there. We want to alleviate eternal suffering for people by hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ and them turning from their sins and putting their faith in Christ. And lastly, is, is we want to hasten the return of Christ. Jesus said, we want Jesus to come back, do we not? We want Jesus to come back. Blessed are those who love his appearing. All right. And, and so he says, you know, that the gospel must go out all over the world before he comes back. Right. Before the end. And so we hasten the, the return of Christ. And just want to look at Paul's example of a why here. In, in 1 Thessalonians 2, Paul's ministering to the Thessalonians impacted their lives with the gospel and this is, this is our, our, our text of encouragement today. For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you is not in vain. Though we had already suffered. Look at the, look at the why and the how, by the way, of his ministry. This is just a little snapshot of the why and the how of, of him doing evangelism. Um, but though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ, but we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also ourselves, because you had become very dear to us. There is a why, there is a how when it comes to evangelism right there okay um and and by the way uh, this last verse here verse 8 that's evangelism and discipleship so not, they paul not only shared the gospel but he shared his very life that's discipleship when you give your life a portion of your time and resources in your life to invest in another human being that's discipleship and evangelism is this, the beginning point of that and so we want to engage in both. When, if we get to lead somebody to Christ or if somebody wants to be followed up, we want to follow up with them and reach out to them and invest our lives into them. And that's what Jesus commanded for us to do. So here's a couple of the, the hows here. Boldly, we see Paul boldly sharing the gospel. We want to be bold in sharing the gospel. We want to be sincere, be genuine, authentic. People can sniff out hypocrisy or inauthenticity you know just just be real with people just talk to them engage in a conversation with them be gentle like a mother like a, like a nursing mother be bold but be gentle uh, as as one preacher says be like a like a velvet steel so have that softness you, but also have that firmness to you in sharing be loving be loving and then share wisely as well Here's some marks that we want to have as we go out. We want to be bold, sincere, gentle, loving, and wise. By the way, reminder too that this is God's idea. Evangelism is God's idea. He came up with it. The Great Commission is his idea. So we're not like some presumptuous Christians who are just trying to convert the world because we have this idea, right? This is Jesus' idea. All authority in heaven and earth. Has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples. Yeah. It wasn't like, well, we, you know, we, we have this great plan to save the world, in in our pride that we've come up with. No, this was the King of Kings idea, the one who laid down his life. So how to evangelize? So so lastly, just want to talk about the practical. And, and, and many of you guys are familiar with this this approach. Uh, four things here. So we we want to love. Okay, without love. This is all nothing. We're, we're clanging symbols. We're making noise. And and people, um, if they don't, there's one preacher that said, if they don't see uh, tears in your eyes, let them hear them in your voice. Amen. People don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. People long for that, for for to to be loved, to to have other people that really love them, and then. Uh, You may show up in somebody's life today, a stranger, and and they may have nobody in their life that they feel like loves them. And you show up full of love, who knows what kind of impact you can have in their life. When you show up a, a, a Christian full of love, bold, not afraid, that love is casting out fear. And you're reaching past any boundaries or awkwardness or any fear that you might have or reservations that you might have because you love this person in front of you. That's our approach. We want to we love, listen, ask questions. One of the hardest things about evangelism is breaking the ice, okay? Starting the conversation, starting, how do we get there, okay? Most of us will do pretty good once we're in the middle of the conversation, but getting into the conversation is the hard part, right? So how do we get there? So one of the, the questions to ask people as we go out today is, hey, can I pray for you? We believe in the power of prayer. We were praying this morning like God was hearing us. And we believe that he answers. And so pray, offer prayer for people. Some people long for that. And so, and then listen, when, when they share with you what they need prayer for, uh, get a feel for where they're at spiritually. Uh, one Another question I ask is, do you have a religious background at all? Or do you have a faith background at all? Or do you go to church around here? And get a feel of where people are at before you just start preaching to them. You know? And if, if their body language is like, they're closed off to you sharing with them, then give them some space. Try to let, it, let there be a dialogue and conversation. Don't just kind of cram it down their throat. Uh, just engage in the conversation as much as you can. People like that. People want to talk. And then, yeah, don't, don't kick the door in. If they're not opening the door, don't kick the door in. All right? You know, knock. Be, be respectful. Be gentle. Be bold. Be firm. But don't be like that that annoying salesman that's like, oh, you gotta get this right. Like that that people don't like that. But if they just see, like, we're not we're not salesmen trying to get people to buy our vacuum cleaner or whatever. We're we're, we're selling. We are we are freely sharing. We're we're sharing something that's free, eternal life, salvation from Jesus Christ, and we're sharing the message about that. And we just. We want to pray for them. We want to love on them. We want to share with them and minister to them. So love, listen, and then discern. And so as you listen to where people are at, as they respond to your prayer request or their faith background or where they go to church, then you can discern kind of where you should direct the conversations talking about God. I try to change up my approach with people. I've been doing this for, you know, 18 years almost, 17, 18 years And, you know, you can you can get kind of stale and kind of stuck in a rut in your approach. And so I try to kind of change it up and by by going different directions and conversations and and letting kind of where the person is at taking cues from where the person is at to to direct the conversation. And then lastly, respond. We want to we want to invite them to receive Christ. We want to give them, we have these bracelets and Bibles. Uh, We'll take them through here. Uh, Each of these have a color on there which represents uh, something, and there's a verse that goes with it. The black, or the the yellow represents sin. Uh, Romans 3.23, the wages of sin is death. By the way, this is like training wheels for evangelism. This is like... This is a very basic way. There, there's so many different ways and methods to share the gospel with people. And this is just one of many ways. And it works. We've seen it work. It's a, it's a helpful way to just take somebody through, through the gospel and core components of the gospel, starting with sin. Death. There, the black represents death. The wages of sin is death. When you go to the doctor, before the doctor gives you a prescription or a diagnosis. Yeah, before they give you a prescription, they give you a diagnosis. OK, and God has diagnosed all of humanity with a condition called sin and we are all going to die. There is the penalty for our sin is death and the prescription. OK, the good news is the, the, the message of, of hope that we have is that Christ died for us. This represents love. The red part. God demonstrated his own love for us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If you don't have these Bible verses memorized, you can take one of the little Bibles and, and, and there's a tab for each one of these. And you can have the people you're talking to read those verses out loud yes. and ask them what it means. What does that mean? What do you think that means? And and just kind of simply take them. A child can do this. Yeah. It's so simple. And and so let it let it sink in. And then... the the blue represents faith, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, by grace you have been saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. This is one of the biggest things I think people get hung up on. Many people think that they're good enough to go to heaven by their good works. Living here in the buckle of the Bible belt, this is one of the biggest gospel truths that, that I think people need to get, generally speaking, is that we're saved by grace through faith. You don't just have to go to church or be a good person and many people just think well man i just got to try harder i just got to start keeping the ten commandments i just got to start going to church i just got to do this or that and 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 usually when i i'll ask somebody if you were to die today where do you think you'd go and if they say most people will say heaven and then i'll ask the second question well why why would you go to heaven and and usually that right there it helps me discern what they're trusting in for salvation or whether they even know the gospel or not you know, based on how they answer that question. Well, I just, I just got to do better. You know, uh, you know, I got to try harder. No, you got to trust in Jesus. Right. You got to put your faith in Jesus and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And so lastly is life there. Romans 10, uh, nine and 10. And this is how we want to call people to respond, to accept Jesus as Lord. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. This is how we want to challenge people to respond. To respond, not, not just like a parrot, to, to parrot these words, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, right? We want to challenge people to respond to the lordship of Jesus Christ and accept that in their life and when they confess him as lord and they accept him as lord and they believe that god raised the father raised his son jesus from the dead for them and he died for them they will be saved all who call upon the name of the lord will be saved romans 10:13 and so we want to urge people to call upon the name of the lord and i am finished